Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology show that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this episode is all about the new moon in Scorpio. The new moon in Scorpio occurs on November 4th, 2021 at 5.51 p.m. Eastern at 12 degrees, the sign of Scorpio. But before we get into all of the astrological goodness and drama that surrounds this new moon, let's just recap what Scorpio energy is all about. Scorpio is the eighth sign of the zodiac and it tends to get a bad reputation which frankly is undeserved, and I'm hoping I can help shift the perspective on this powerfully intuitive sign. Scorpio is the eighth sign of the zodiac, and it tends to get a bad reputation, which frankly is undeserved, and I'm hoping I can help shift that perspective on this powerfully intuitive and insightful sign. Scorpio is the second water sign sandwiched between Cancer and Pisces, and it is the fixed water sign, so it has less adaptability than the other two water Water signs, which are more capable of flowing energy and, as a result, adaptability. However, this is partially where that reputation for being stubborn comes from, as all fixed signs tend to have a certain amount of rigidity to their natures. This can lead to being stuck in a rut. And perhaps the most famous for this behavior is Taurus, who is in opposition to Scorpio. And we'll be seeing that Taurus full moon later on in Scorpio season. But Scorpio has the same habit forming tendencies. So they could also possess a laser-like focus and the ability to see through complicated social and political situations if they so choose and also are highly capable and adept at manipulating the situation. Scorpio is ruled by both Mars and Pluto. This is where some of that intensity and that activeness comes from for sure. Um, but school, Scorpio is ruled by both Pluto and anciently Mars, which gives them an aggressive side. This ancient rulership, oh, the ancient rulers help to show where we can get stuck in stereotypes, and modern rulers show the transformational pathway, just like the ideas themselves have just like the ideas themselves have revolutionized our understanding of the universe. Scorpio is ruled by both Mars anciently and Pluto more modernly. This gives them a certain amount of power and intensity and indeed aggression, um, but there's also a softer side to all of these tendencies. But just first a note on ancient rulers and modern rulers, ancient rulers help to show us where we can get stuck in stereotypes and modern rulers show us the transformational pathway just like the ideas themselves of discovering new planets and astrological bodies have revolutionized our understanding of the universe. Mars lends Scorpio his determination and combativeness. Usually this is directed at controlling a situation or potentially others' emotions. Above all, Scorpio aims to reach concrete conclusions from the niceties of a Libra debate. 
and it's not above twisting an arm thuggishly if need be. Now, I know it sounds like I'm throwing Scorpio under the bus here, but I'm not. Scorpio is the most devoted and loyal of all the signs. Once a Scorpio or somebody with a lot of Scorpionic energies commits to something, be it a person, relationship, or project, they will see it through thick and thin. There's just no better sign to help you bury the body, so to speak. Scorpio is the original ride or die. Pluto, being its modern ruler, can bring a morbid curiosity to its interests, and this doesn't this energy just doesn't shrink away from anything that is deeply felt or seldom seen. Pluto also gives Scorpio a possessive streak. Remember, in mythology, Pluto did drag Persephone to the underworld to make her his bride, rather against her will. So there is that. There is the my way or the highway or it's only going to be my way kind of tendency that Pluto um, Scorpio has. Um, but if you're looking for commitment, if you're looking for somebody to stick by your side, uh, whether that is a business partner or a romantic partner, once you have gained Scorpio's trust and loyalty, there's no, there's no going back. I mean, Scorpio will be there for you, but first Scorpio will test you to make sure that you are deserving of its loyalty and attentions. Scorpio is most commonly a thought of being represented by a scorpion, but there are more representatives of Scorpio energy than any other zodiac sign. Did you know that? I bet you didn't. There is, of course, the scorpion, who tends to represent the base nature of the energy in its lowest form. Um, even here, Scorpio is, scorpions rather, are very nurturing. They tend to carry their young on their backs. So nurturing and caring for others is something that Scorpio energy is very good at, even at its most base level. As we evolve through Scorpionic tendencies, however, the energy can be represented by the Eagle of St. John, who admittedly seems a little antiquated and we don't hear about it very often, but the Eagle is thought to represent the highly evolved Scorpio who has freed themselves of being earthbound and can fly above earthly issues and see in great detail the bigger picture from their perspective above it all. This is where that insight comes from, that ability to see what's going on when other people just cannot perceive the intense dynamic energy at play in social, political, or just relationships um, and dynamics of energy and behaviors within a social circle. And lastly, the Scorpio can also be represented by the Phoenix, who is representative of Scorpio's transformative abilities. The Phoenix lives for 500 years and at the end of his life builds a funeral pyre and burns himself alive only to be reborn anew from the ashes. And this is representative of that plutonic energy. You know, I mean, that energy that takes one thing says this does not work anymore, let's do away with it, take what we can and 
reassess the situation, change ourselves and become something completely new, completely different. And you are able to look back at where you came from and admit you have had amazing transformational growth. That's at its highest form is what Scorpio is all about. Transformation. Transformation is key with Scorpio energy, and this new moon represents an opportunity to embrace change and to find your own intentions for the area of your life that you would like to transform. So let's look at the astrology surrounding this new moon. The new moon in Scorpio occurs on November 4th at 5.50. 1 p.m. Eastern. The sun and moon will be at 12 degrees Scorpio across from Uranus, whom they oppose at 12 degrees. This is a big deal. This is a big deal because new moons tend to open a portal of energy and retain the circumstances for which they were born in for six months until the full moon and that sign six months from now. So this Uranus opposition to the Pluto to um, the Scorpio new moon is a big deal. And this could kind of go two ways, one of two ways when I think about how this might show up for us. And I'll talk about both of them. One way is that we won't feel or see anything unusual at all at first. The reason I consider this to be a possibility is because the moon will be new and the moon's phases can act like a volume knob for drama to increase or decrease. So when the moon is full, the drama gets turned to 11 and when she's new, things are much calmer. So there might be minor rumblings, but nothing major. However, I do think that even if we don't see things going on or hear about things on this new moon on November 4th, I do think that things are going to be going on and we just might not see about see them or realize the impact of them for six months because I've already looked at the full moon and Scorpio chart and it talks to this new moon. There is a real conversation between what is getting started now and what is going to develop in six months. And I think it's going to be rather dramatic. Transformation again will be key here. Uranus is the planet of surprises and the unexpected. And it's in the first house of this new moon's chart. And by the way, if you want to see the chart for this new moon, head over to bloodmoonmilk.com and it is in the post for the Scorpio new moon on the homepage. Um, So you'll be able to see the chart and links to all the other good stuff I'll talk about. Um, But yeah, if you want to look at this chart and see what I'm talking about, it'll be there for you. And so, yeah, Uranus is all about rebellion, saying like, I want freedom. And in the first house, um, it's talking to our collective identity, saying that we want to be free. We want to get out of our ruts and our habits and to explore the unknown and to push boundaries. And so that's going to be the identity that we're going to be building with, building on. And this can be really dramatic. It can be instantaneous. Um, Uranus is also the planet of genius. 
and inspiration. So intuitive insights could be coming up. And these intuitions, these intuitive insights could prompt us to radically change who we are, what we are, and how we see ourselves in the world. Things that worked in the past simply cannot continue the way they have been. And there could be a collective rally, battle cry, if you will, for fundamental change. So that could feel very uncomfortable. That could feel rather dramatic and revolutionary. That could feel like a massive departure, but also it could be happening under the surface and then the subconscious because of this being a new moon and that drama dial being dialed way down. This might be something that doesn't fully manifest for six months or so, but it's going to be happening. The other thing I think could be a possibility with this new moon is that the things that happen will just be blown out of the water. Uranus, again, is a planet of surprises and unpredictability. So trying to define what it's going to do is sort of nebulous. It's kind of um, a futile effort, but I think just saying like, look, there's going to be big news, big surprises quite possibly um, is just, it is the definition of this planetary placement. And so I have to kind of cover both bases um, because while on the surface for you personally, this might not feel like much at all the day that it happens, but six months from now, it could really develop and show up. And if you are able to look back, you can say it started at this new moon. So again, Uranus is in the first chat, in the first house of the chart for this new moon, which tells me that news of the day will be unexpected. Shock tremors and the dissolution of identity could quickly transform who we see ourselves as being during this new moon. There's likely to be a profound sense of restlessness as well. We could simply be wrestling with two conflicting inner needs for our own psyche here. Or public society could be wrestling with impulses and urges that create conflict. Others might be just completely unpredictable and difficult to deal with. And this can make us feel uneasy or ill-prepared to face the roller coaster we suddenly find ourselves on. Uranus is in Taurus, who rules finances and material wealth. And he'll be, again, in the first house of this new moon. So the way that we think about money and material wealth could undergo further revolution during this period between the new moon and the full moon in Scorpio in the spring. We also have Chiron sitting on the ascendant for this chart. So he is in the 12th house, but he is on the ascendant, which will tend to color the events of the day with a deep sadness or a feeling of ripping open old vulnerable wounds, hopefully to be healed properly this time, but the process of that uh, evisceration could be quite painful in the moment. Um, Venus will be in Sagittarius at the anoretic degree of 29 degrees Sagittarius and will be quincunx the North Node at one degree Gemini which tells us that we'll need to get creative about how we listen 
to the will of the group and to our extended families and social circles in terms of our own personal interests and desires. This could be crucial to future development and be rather beneficial to um, listening to what others think. Always reflect and internalize and check your own internal compass when you're taking on the opinions and thoughts of others, but definitely be willing to set your own ego aside and listen to other people during this full moon. I think that's gonna be key. Oftentimes we're so busy being wrapped up in ourselves and our own thoughts that listening can be challenging. And so I think there's going to be a real dynamic um, tension here between needing to express ourselves creatively and show the world how we feel and think and do our authentic selves. That Sagittarian creatrix at that 29th degree is a big deal. Um, But then Gemini in the North Node at one degree... That's saying, listen to your peers, your social circle, your family, and take a, a census, if you will, take a poll. See what the, the temperature of the water is before you just bl- blurt out whatever it is you feel like you're gonna be blurting out. Um, you could gain a lot of insight there. And also, Um, what you hear could help your work be more effective. So, um, this also suggests that traveling could be quite beneficial during this new moon. You might have the opportunity to see friends and family and be unencumbered by holidays. And most of the major planets are direct, so you'll be free to travel pretty easily. Um, just be safe and use your head. We are still in the midst of a pandemic, so that threat hasn't gone away. Wear your mask, be cautious, and I think getting out and exploring the unknown a bit could help calm those restless feelings brought on by Uranus's opposition to this sun and moon during the new moon. Speaking of the North Node, it is worth noting that the nodes are getting ready to shift and move into Taurus and Scorpio where they'll spend the next 18 months. So again, this Scorpio-Taurus axis will take on a heightened importance over the coming months. Saturn will be square to Uranus, which again highlights the wild, unpredictable urges that we're going to be feeling, but Saturn is here to say, control yourself. Authority figures could present obstacles in terms of self-identity and perception, and feelings of inadequacy could be triggers for irrational behavior. So again, this is something to be aware of and to be cautious about because other people who are less in tune with themselves could be acting out rather irrationally from more primitive parts of their their psyches. And so try to create positive space for yourself, protect your energy so that you are not victim to this thoughtlessness in any physical, mental, emotional, financial way. (laughs) 
So speaking of finances, Venus will be sextile to Mercury during this new moon, which suggests there is very clear financial opportunity in the works here, which is nice since, again, Uranus is in that house of Taurus. While Venus is at 29 degrees Sagittarius, Mercury will be at 28 degrees Libra. And so that speaks to dialogue, creating financial opportunities, and people chatting and telling each other about things that they have seen. Um, also, talking with your partners about how to develop projects could pay off big time. Um, but because this is a new moon, set those attention, intentions, set those intentions so that you can put it out there, you know, talk to your, your people, the people who show up to support you and your work in ways that uh, feel like they speak to your soul and see what it is that you can come up with that will benefit the whole of the group. And I say the whole of the group here, and I mean, the group could be your, your direct, you know, business, the projects you're working on at work, or if you're a solopreneur, um, your projects that um, you are invested in, that you're developing. Um, and I say the whole of the group because we do have those planets, those heavy hitters in Aquarius. We have Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. And so that's talking to me about humanity. What is good for the future of humanity? And I think that um, this sextile between Venus and Mercury could pay handsome rewards if we are appealing to the wider audience in a way that is improving the lives of the group on some level. And this could be a level that's out there. Um, this could be a level that is not necessarily mainstream, but sort of forward thinking. And so I guess this is a good point <laughs> for me to announce a couple little things, uh, maybe not so little actually. Um, one, the first one that'll be happening is an event on the winter solstice with, uh, in collaboration with Fossil and Hyde, the jewelry uh, brand in Atlanta. We're gonna have a pop-up and I'll be doing mini readings and they'll be selling jewelry and we have collaborated to make jewelry that speaks to the energies specific to this winter solstice and this, the energies and the plan planetary transits that are coming to us in the new year. So if you like jewelry, if you like astrology, if you just want to have something fun to do with your girlfriends on a Tuesday in December or get some great holiday gifts, um, check out my Instagram and I'm sure I'll be posting about those finalized details, the location, all of that uh, very, very soon. Uh, probably November 1st, I'll be announcing a save the date, but uh, mini sessions will be 75 for about 25 minutes with me. And yeah, I'll have a limited number of spaces. So if you'd like to go ahead and reserve one, you can message me. Um, until I get the links up and I will set that up for you. Um, and of course you can always find me at blood moon milk on Instagram or bloodmoonmilk.com. Also another thing I have going on is, and I just got this together and just put it all 
together today right before I recorded this episode. So I'm very excited to announce my astrology for 2022 virtual workshop. This will be a Zoom session that has limited space. So if you're at all interested in what's going to go on next year, get a heads up and have me explain that in a virtual setting from the comfort of your own home. And also I will record the session and put it up for attendees only. So if you're all, if you are interested, but you don't think you'll be able to make it, you can still purchase your spot and watch the video afterwards and you get to keep that indefinitely. So that is $50, 50 bucks. Um, and that will happen virtually on January 2nd at 12 noon Eastern time. And so yeah, there are links for that on Instagram and head over to bloodmoonmilk.com and in the menu to the left of the screen, there's a tab for workshop, you can book it there. And I would book your space for both of these things quickly because they will sell out. So just a heads up. So what can we do with all of this information for this new moon? First of all, when we are working on manifesting our ideal lives, we have to start from a place of gratitude because things can change in the blink of an eye. And I strongly feel that things are about to change um, with this new moon. It might be a whisper at first, but I suspect that whisper is quickly going to get louder and louder and louder and become a roar. And it's gonna be revolutionary because we have this strong activity from Uranus who is the revolutionary. He is rebellion. He is genius. So if we're very comfortable in our lives the way they are, this could be a traumatic time because change is always difficult, especially when we're very comfortable. But if you've been looking to grow and develop, this could be the opportunity to set intentions to transform ourselves into better versions of who we want to be. So look at it that way. Look at this as an opportunity to make yourself over in the next six months and all things related to Scorpio. So if we want to focus on certain chakras during this new moon to help guide your manifestation to help guide your manifestation of a more ideal life, the sacral chakra, the sex organs are the organs ruled by Scorpio and therefore the sacral chakra could be a very powerful place to center and focus your intentions during this full moon intentions and attentions. So that could mean a lot of different things for you, depending on who you are and how comfortable you are with yourself. It could be anything from spending time with your lover to spending time alone, playing with some toys or just getting creative and or spending time embracing your body the way it is right now being appreciative for all the pleasure that it brings you, all the joy and the transformation and the ability to bring life into this world, or just simply acknowledging whatever it is that 
you might have been struggling with in this area. If you haven't been having enough sex, if you haven't been reaching orgasm, this is a new moon to approach tackling that. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go into it, but contemplate it. Think about how that comes up for you. There's no right or wrong answers, but frankly, the world could use some more orgasms. <laughs> Uh, I think it'll help this energy go down a lot more smoothly and you can definitely, you know, take care of that yourself um, or work with a partner um, or multiple people if that's your speed. There is no judgment here. Okay, so um, what crystals should we meditate with during this new moon? So I think that I'm... I feel like I always talk about the powers of black tourmaline, but I think during this new moon specifically, it's going to be really helpful to help ameliorate those uh, possible dramatic beams we're getting from Uranus. So wear your black tourmaline for protection, but also maybe think about incorporating some labradorite. Labradorite is very adept at helping to filter in and usher in Scorpio's intuitive side, but it's also a stone of transformation and it can work really well with Uranus. So that's my crystal prescription for this new moon. Um, and just remember that the, the black tourmaline will help be a psychic vacuum to help clear the space and to help sort of calm things down on a subtle level, but that labradorite can help to supercharge those intuitive insights, those moments of genius, and help usher in that transformation. So that is what we're gonna use. That's what we're gonna work with. And I wanna hear from you if you have any um, feedback or if you feel anything from working with your crystals during this new moon. So what are the questions to reflect on here. What are our questions for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation during this new moon? First of all, always ask for your own support. Like, and when I say your own support, I mean gratitude from yourself for being in this place that you're in regardless of where you're at. You know, we all go through challenges and difficulties, but finding something to be grateful for can help to shift that energy from a negative thought pattern and cycle. And this is always a challenge, but you do get better at it. And it doesn't mean ignoring difficulties. It just means, okay, for now, I'm gonna shift my attention and my intentions to this positive place and just for now, setting those other feelings aside so that I can focus on cultivating positive growth and transformation in my life. So with that being said, I want you to focus on how you're already enough. So ask yourself, how am I enough? And then what would I do if I could do anything? If I could change the world in one way, what would that be? Ask yourself what it is that your dark side is feeling when you speak this truth about 
who you could be. Because a lot of times when we say what it is that we want to be or what we could do, if we could just do anything, regardless of limitations, we start to pepper in these self-doubts, these feelings of inadequacy, these feelings of, well, I can't do this because I don't have resources, you know? Um, Acknowledge that. But then also tell yourself it's just a story of the circumstances that you're in currently, but the future is unwritten. And that's what we're working on today. So focus on how you would feel in your body if you are able to be that change that you want, to be that person that you want to be. And I want you to start with your pinky toe through to your big toes, to the bottoms of your feet, up through your ankles, your shins, your knees, your thighs, your hips, your sex organs your belly, your breath, your shoulders, your heart, your arms, your fingertips, your neck, your head, your ears, and lastly, the top of your head. What is it, that fe- that feeling of empowerment, of being that change in the world? And I want you to sit in that, that space, that feeling of embodiment. Just sit in it for as long as you can. And take a deep breath. That's it for this episode of Blood Moon Milk. I really hope you'll join me next time and maybe I get to see you for that virtual astrology of 2022 conference or I'll see you in person at the fossil and hide pop-up on the winter solstice feel free to reach out I am still accepting astrotherapy sessions head over to the website at bloodmoonmilk.com to book your session and we can start your astrotherapy journey together All right. Thank you so much for listening in gratitude. I'm Aurora and thank you for listening.